0: Hey y'all, listen, it's time we stop playing it small, but it's also time for real conversations like the ones we used to have until 3 a.m. with our besties in the Taco Bell parking lot collide with the real people full of perspective on topics that are, well, maybe uncomfortable, but the ones that make it preach to those who need it. So come on, come have a seat with me. After all, I'm still the same OG. And baby, if the sun comes up and I'm not home, be strong. And if I'm not beside you, do your best to carry on. Tell the kids about me when they're old enough to understand. I'll tell them that their daddy was a good man. Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay, we're just going to jump right into episode four. I know y'all are like, gee, you can't keep making us cry. I promise it won't always be tears. But like I said, you got to start with the end and go to the beginning because that's how stories are really written. And oh my God, thank you again for coming to have a seat with me. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're here. But see, I have to tell you about the good man. So this song by India Irie, you can go look it up. It's literally called Good Man. I almost, almost walked down the aisle to it when I was marrying John on March 16th. (laughs) And it was so precious. But something that day was like, nope, need to change it, need to change it need to change it so I actually it it was another inside joke I actually sang praise and worship I went to bible college for music um on top of going to college college for marine biology and criminal justice and so the entire time Jane and I were dating engaged I would never never sing for him so much so that it actually pissed him off (laughs) And if you know me, you know, like, I love a good game of chase, tag, hide and go seek, manhunt, whatever you call it. We called it all of those things. But I never realized how much it bothered him until one day he was like, I like it how you sing for everybody else, but you don't ever want to take the time to sing for me. Again, fun fact. I don't like being put in uncomfortable situations because I act a fool. And then I just make a big joke out of it instead of being for real. And so me and my pastor teamed up. We double teamed. She wrote us this beautiful, beautiful song for my wedding. And I was like, perfect. I want to walk down the aisle to whatever song you're going to write because I know it's going to be bomb. It's just going to be perfect. But before I walk down the aisle, Our first baby, my goddaughter. She was walking down the aisle with this beautiful white box. But inside the box had Jay's grandmother's handkerchief. It was my something blue. But to know Jay was to know that his grandmother was his world. And she passed before we got married. She passed away in November and we got married in March. And as my sweet baby, who's now all grown up, walked down the aisle, she was walking to give him this box that held his granny's hanky in it. And I sang to him, Etta James, At Last. Because at last, my love had really come along. And it was a dream. I got to live out loud every freaking day and y'all when I tell you that I loved that dude I loved him he slowed me down he allowed me to just be like I said I don't know in one of the first three episodes I was a girl who was always on the go I'm a military brat so anytime I was ready for an adventure I could pack a bag Be in my car and to my destination anywhere genuinely in four and a half, five hours. If it needed to be more than four and a half, five hours, I didn't have a problem booking a flight, packing a bag, and still getting there in four and five hours, okay? And so I remember at the end of our wedding ceremony, we got in the car and we were driving to the reception. And he was like, Oh my God, we married now for real. There's so much more that I have to tell you, but we'll come back to that, okay? Somebody send me a DM or something on Instagram to remind me. Come back to the story. But this song by Indy Irie came on in the car that day, and he grabbed my hand, and he said, man, I can't wait to have babies with you. I was like, can we, can we enjoy the day? Like we just said, I do. And you now want to talk about babies. So I, (laughs) I actually was a girl who I never really wanted kids. Um, I was afraid of having babies and I was afraid of having babies because I had watched my mom be a single parent my whole life. And what I never wanted in this world was to be a single parent raising babies. Because I watched my mom say no to things that she really wanted to do for herself. Just so she could tell me yes and give me the world. And so there's a part of this song that I love and... okay I'm gonna be really cheesy it's fine it's my podcast I do what I want so the verse of this song says first anniversary remember we chose a star and as I stand under it I can't help but wonder if you see it where you are for whatever reason you don't see the seasons change again I promise I'll go there with peace in mind and we'll meet on the other side because true love doesn't end but what's beautiful is India I wrote this to the children of her and her husband, hypothetically, right? And so when I started this podcast, I, this episode, I'm sorry, I said it up front. If the sun comes up and you're not home, I'll be strong. And if you're not beside me, I'll do my best to carry on. I'll tell the kids about you when they're old enough to understand that their daddy was a good man. And a few weeks ago, I got a phone call from a beautiful woman who has some of the most, and I genuinely mean this, some of the most beautiful kids. And Jay and I, because I was raised in a single-parent home, we always somehow fell in love with the girls who their daddies just didn't act right. (laughs) Right. Let me tell it. This is how I tell it. And it didn't matter their age, whether they were 15, 5, 25. They were just younger than us. And although my three girls don't have their daddy, I can genuinely tell them that they got the world's greatest daddy. And he loved them so much that he taught them how to share him. So much so that a lot of these young girls who we felt so drawn to, to love, to hold, to be tough on them when they didn't want to listen to their parents. Um, again, we always invited them to come and have a seat at our house. We taught them how to care about their feelings. We taught them how to care about respecting their parents. But most of all, we taught them how to feel loved and express it. But how to say it too. Because one thing that my mom taught me, even though my dad was not in the home, is that you can have a very, very absent but present father living in your home or you can have a very present active father and Jay was a very present active father we birthed three beautiful daughters and he never missed a moment but the greatest part of who Jay was is that when he wasn't with our kids He was a football coach to one of the most amazing leagues in our town. And he wasn't a boy dad, although I wanted to be a boy mom so bad. I love football. We love football. Football was our language. I love all sports. He took on a team of seven and nine year old little boys and he wrapped his arms around them because coach Jay taught them life lessons and it was more than just football for him it was a season of growth it was a season of growing kids who just needed to have an outlet to be heard to be seen but most of all to be loved And then we had some of the most amazing young ladies who always said that Uncle Jay, as some of them called him, or Mr. John, reminded them that their stature and their confidence and their beauty was more than how long or how short their skirts and dresses were. It was more than the piercings and the tattoos that they had. It was more than their mistakes that they made. It was simply more because they had a dad that loved them, even if he wasn't their biological father. And so it's funny because (laughs) here I was, two weeks after our honeymoon, unknowingly pregnant. And I remember, I'm so sorry, I'm laughing because it's funny. I remember calling him at his job. And I remember saying, I didn't go to work today. And he was like, what? What do you mean? And like a nerd, I was like, I, I just wanted to have lunch with you. So I'm going to come and pick you up so we can go to lunch. And he said, okay, this is nice. I get to go have lunch with my wife. I didn't want lunch that day. I had quickly ran into a Starbucks, ordered drinks, And as the girls were making my drinks, I ran into the bathroom and took a pregnancy test. And when I tell you that I was scared as all get out to look at that stupid stick, I was shook. I was shook because what I was so afraid of was now reality. I was going to be a mom like not the mom that can return all the babies back home but like the mom that had to go home with the baby to wake up in the middle of the night with the baby to feed the baby to clothe the baby to raise the baby you get the point I was going to be a mom and I remember when I got to his job and I had his coffee I had the biggest Jessica Simpson glasses on and he was like whoa those are massive but where are we going for lunch and I was like actually I'm so sorry I can't go for lunch and he was like okay so what's really happening what's going on here and I took my glasses off and I looked at him and I said remember how I told you that I was really hoping that we could like figure out how to make like, you know, this thing called life a five-year plan before we start trying to figure out what we're going to do. If we're going to move, we're going to have kids. He was like, yeah. And I was like, well, that five-year plan just became a nine-month plan because I'm pregnant and I don't know how long, how far along I am. And all he heard was I was pregnant. And the way that that man's face lit up that day—it was as if his world had fully come circle, and everything that he wanted was now a reality. See, Jay was different. I've never met a man who wanted to be a girl dad first. I've every guy that I've ever met, talked to, dated—if the topic of kids always came up, it was like, "Man, I need a son." Not Jay. He desperately wanted to be a girl dad first. He wanted a son, but he wanted to have a little girl first. And I remember asking him why he wanted a son second rather than first because of how we love sports. And he said, because I think that every guy should have a daughter. Because if you have a daughter, then you learn how to value her mom. And that day I fell in love with him all over again. Because how in the heck did you figure this out at 24? And yet somehow you have grown men that are walking around here not knowing how to keep their jock strap up, not knowing how to be real and tell a woman what they want, but yet they still keep making babies. And yet here we are at 25 trying to figure it out. But he was so passionate. And so I dedicated this podcast, episode, chapter, I don't know, whatever you call it. We'll figure this thing out one day. To our babies because no matter what this world may bring, no matter what life throws our way, no matter how much my life may drastically change, I don't know if I'll ever get married again. I don't know if I'll date anytime soon. But what I do know is that I genuinely am a person that just loves love. And I know that all the kids that we impacted, the three daughters that I now have to raise, that he has left an impact and a legacy big enough for them to share it. And as long as they remember some simple things that Coach Jay, Uncle Jay, Mr. John, Or even daddy left. Here's what I think that he would say to you One, speak up. Speak up because when people decide that they want to take you for granted, they'll remember that you have no problem using your voice. Two, be slow to speak. Be slow to speak because if you always remember that you have to listen with two ears before you talk with one mouth, you'll be careful at what you say because you heard clearly. Three, always be quick to forgive. Because forgiveness is the only thing that keeps love going. Four. Always remember to say, I love you. And when the time is right that you are in love and you are married and God has shown you your person, Hug every day for two minutes and kiss a minute long. Because touch is a beautiful thing when it's done right. And lastly, always be willing to go have fun. Because when you decide to live life and live it fully, there will come a moment where you have to say goodbye. But it's really not goodbye. In the words of Jay, "You'll see you later." And although your daddy is not here. What he has left you is a story that you can go tell with grace, with perseverance, with attitude, with character that defines and redefines what love looks like. And that no matter how many times you feel like your crayon is broken, Hmm. that you always have somewhere to go color. Because if you can learn to handle the broken pieces, the broken pieces aren't broken, they're just bruised. And every bruise has to resurface. The blood has to keep flowing. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, be kind to people. Respect people. Love them well. Because when you love them well, you'll live your whole life being able to tell a story that when it's done right and modeled right, that love will always win. So just remember this simple thing that when you're old enough to understand, mommy will always remind you Aunt G will always remind you, Miss G will always remind you that your daddy, your coach, your best friend, your uncle, he was a good man.
1: Wow. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. To accept my invitation, to come into my home, to come and have a seat with me, but to allow yourself to actually be vulnerable enough to ask the hard questions, to enjoy the journey. Listen, I will always make this space a space where you can be free, where you can be who you are, but where you know That no matter what, when you get up from the table and walk back out my door, that the next time you feel like you just need a space, that you can always come back and have a seat with me. So until next time, do me a favor. Go grab your best friend and tell them, hey, girl, listen. I just found the new place that we can go and have those conversations. The ones that we sat around in the Taco Bell at 3 a.m. having, but a place where someone else just gets it. They're willing to get in the trenches with us. They're willing to cry, wipe our tears, laugh really loud, but get uncomfortable with having the hard conversations. But more than anything, please know, you can always come knock on my door because I'll always have a seat ready for you.